everybody. How's it going? How are you? Go. Get some good moves in here, Nate. There you go. <laughs> Oh, man. Everybody just gets to laugh at me. Everybody enjoys it so much because they get to laugh at what the heck am I going to do this time? So good That's morning. right. Yeah. Or if you're going to dance at all. I mean, it's a morning show and you do put on a good show, Nate, but both of us in our respective ways. So for, for those of you listening to the podcast, you may not know that sometimes I refuse to move at all when Lauren's dancing and it's quite hysterical. Yeah, that's why you have to watch the video, the vlog at times, because you get a component of the show that you don't get when you listen to the podcast. But again, right. you know, it's very nice of us to give you an option where you don't have to look at our faces either. So there you go. <laughs> oh, I like the option where we don't look at our faces. I, I like that option. You like that option. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can I can take us for a walk when I walk the dogs and listen to the show. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I am Laura Muzica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And again, it is such a great joy for us to be with you each and every Friday. We just really love connecting with you, doing this show, where we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world. And how can we more effectively work to change hearts and minds, as well as working on legislation on this preeminent issue of, of the cause of life? That's right. If you are new to the show, here's how things normally go. We normally start out the show with a little bit of small talk, talking about the important things like the weather, coffee, dogs, why is Texas superior to the state of Florida, et cetera, right? And then we move into prayer. We so we start off the show with a word of prayer, the best thing. Uh, Pro-life headlines. Then we go into a victory story, a tip. We have a special interview, and this week, oh my gosh, so excited about the amazing lady that we are about to interview. I'm not going to spoil it. You'll you'll hear the drum roll. We'll bring her on, and you'll get to hear some some great insights about what's going on in the Dobbs era through her lens. Uh, she's on the ground right now in Ohio, preparing for the big Ohio vote on November 7th, where, no, where Ohio will decide whether or not they are going to approve abortion until the point of delivery. So we're going to be unpacking that for just a little bit more here today. And then we always round out the show after that with a devotional and another word of prayer. So anyways, I hope where you are, you are warm. Uh, I know in Nate's neck of the woods, it's probably not sweater weather yet, but it is here in North Texas. We're in the 40s. Oh, it's sweater. It's sweater weather. If weather, you're weather? I can't even, I can't even get it out of my mouth. Sweater <laughs> weather. If you're a Floridian, I think it's in the fifties or sixties again this morning. I kind of like that. I think we made up a new term. Like if it's sweater weather, it's sweater, you know, sweater. thank you, Nate sweater. All right. So where you are, you may be uh, experiencing sweater. And we hope that you're staying warm. <laughs> Somebody call Webster's. Anyways, okay. And I just looked at the weather report today. The high is 71 and the low is 50. So we actually will be in the 70s for a few days. Oh my goodness, we get back into the 80s for a few days after that. And then we'll see where, where Texas goes after that. We get moody when uh, the seasons are about to change. It's like Texas can't make up its mind. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And then finally we commit and then it's cold. And then we decide that we're going to go into another season. So we have true seasons here. It's it's never a dull moment. 
but we usually don't have snow on the ground. If we have an inch of snow, we throw a party and everything shuts down. But anyways, <laughs> all right. Very good. And our producer just put in our show notes here. I was filming outside Wednesday morning and it was 19 degrees. Oh, nope. that's too cold. No, that's- thank you. Yeah, that's too cold for Nate. Nate would turn into, a, I don't know, a raisin. I don't know. You would shrivel up and die. But you usually do when it's frigid, as you put it, in the 60s. Oh, my goodness. That's right. When yeah. it's frigid in the 60s. That's right. Well, I think we should probably pray at this point. I think we should pray. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together again this morning. Thank you for what you continue to do throughout the um, pro-life, pro-love movement. As you continue to connect men and women with options and hope and help all across this great, great nation, God, we're so grateful to be called by you. We're so grateful to be able to be a voice to help those who are in need. God, we're so grateful for what is what is transpiring in the hearts and minds of many that we interact with on sidewalks across America. And God, we're just, um, just continue to praise you for the work that you are doing. God, I pray that you would continue to bless us today, that you would bless all of those who are on sidewalks this morning, all of those in the pregnancy help movement who are helping to connect men and women with the resources that they need today and throughout this weekend. God, we'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Here is what is going on in the pro-life, pro-family world. Here is our headline of the week. All eyes are on the big Ohio abortion vote on November 7th. November 7th is just a few days away, and Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are working overtime to pass issue one, which would legalize painful abortion up to the very moment of birth in Ohio. Issue one, if it passes, will also eliminate a parent's right to know if their underage child is considering an abortion or any other, quote unquote, reproductive decision. This week, Ohio Right to Life released several stories of Ohio Ohio moms and parents who are voting no on issue one on November 7th. These personal stories underscore the dire importance of voting no on issue one, Peter Range, CEO of Ohio Right to Life, said. Every life is precious, unique, made in God's image and likeness and deserves a chance. I want to personally thank these parents for their courageous choice to share their stories, which shows the inherent and God-given value of human life. Yet issue one goes far beyond if you are pro-life or pro-choice. If issue one passes, painful late-term abortion will be legal up until the moment of birth. Health and safety measures will be thrown out and parental notification laws completely obliterated. Ohioans value life, faith, and family. And issue one is an attack on all three. Regardless of your party, religion, or perspective on abortion, we can all agree that issue one goes too far for Ohio. I urge you to vote no on issue one. So again, folks, we've got this huge ballot initiative coming up. Ohioans are about to vote. We need to be in prayer. Our special guest this morning uh, will be She'll be on with us here very shortly, and she'll be sharing about how she's been, you know, hitting the pavement and uh, talking to people this week in, I believe, Cincinnati, really using part of her precious vacation to show up on this issue and help to impact hearts and minds. So I just want to encourage everyone this morning to maybe set an alarm every day as we lead up to this November 7th vote, because when measures like this pass and they pass because people don't understand what they are. They think it's just a mere 
pro-life, pro-choice vote. People don't think that a state would have the prerogative to do abortions until the point of delivery. They don't know quite often what they're voting for. And the other side loves to lump in additional issues. People are not educated. And I'm not saying people are not educated. I'm saying people are not educated on what these things usually are before them. And they would be horrified to know that they were voting to obliterate parental notification. I mean, my goodness, in many cases, you've got to get parental permission to give your child an aspirin to get their ears pierced to, <laughs> in some cases, you know, uh, partake of, 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 of certain uh, regulated food and drugs, right? But they can get an abortion. And so it would throw that out the window and it would permit abortion tourism to come to the state of Ohio to capitalize on this huge now loophole that permits them to do abortions at any point in pregnancy. This is absolutely unbelievable. And so if you have friends and family in Ohio, give them a phone call, tell them what this really is. Uh, let them know that you'll be praying for them, encourage them to get out to vote. And for the rest of us who are in Texas and Florida and, and beyond, right? Now here in the great state of Texas, we protect life at conception. What a beautiful thing to be in a state that values life. It is possible. Let's be in prayer for Ohio. I want to stand in faith this morning that we're going to see a victory in Ohio. But should that victory not come to pass, we are going to keep going. We know that there is an intrinsic relationship between law and culture. As we continue to stand up, show up, advocate and educate, we have hope. We have hope eventually that the law will change. And so whether this is just a blip on the radar and a chapter in the story, or it is that we can proclaim victory today, or, or again, very soon here, uh, let's keep vigil, believing that God is moving. So huge thanks to Peter Range uh, of Ohio Right to Life and so many others who are on the ground working very hard, very hard right now, pouring everything out so that they can protect women and children. Um, Nate, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Laura, that was so well said. You know, I think that Peter Range also has said it so well about how far this amendment goes. It goes right. too far. It is not an amendment that anybody in the state of Ohio, even those who support abortion should be in favor of because yeah. it is rolling back common sense protections for parents to be notified about activity of their children, the activity that would end the life of their own grandchild. We need to really understand what this amendment is doing and we need to encourage people on how important it is to vote. You know, yes. many people don't realize the high percentage of people who are registered voters but fail to go to the polls. So please, we do encourage you to remind people about what this amendment is, what it will do, make sure that they are informed with the right information. You know, our pastor here in, in Central Florida has recently been preaching about the spirit of, of just ignorance where people just get clouded with just not being aware, not being informed, just allowing themselves to be ignorant over things. Many times people are ignorant about issues, especially when it comes to voting. So we really encourage you to empower those around you, if you're in Ohio, to be informed and to make an informed decision at the voting booth. And again, we would encourage you to vote no on issue one. So thanks. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to be in prayer for all of you in the great state of Ohio and uh, and encourage everybody we know to pray. And again, thanks to all of you on the ground who are working really hard right now to preserve life 
in Ohio. We will keep vigil. All right. It is time for our victory story. And we've got an incredible victory story this week. Nate is going to take that actually again this week. Exciting. Yeah, such an incredible story that I have to bring you that's fresh again this week. Just happened um, Wednesday morning out again of the great state of California. You know, life is winning in California, even when there are laws that permit abortion all the way till birth. And when California continues to try to even attack the pregnancy help movement, um, even with a recent lawsuit against Heartbeat International, life is still winning. So I got to tell you this story. Wednesday, I got a text from one of our teams in California who was outside of a private abortion facility, not one of the Planned Parenthoods, when they intercepted a woman who was coming because she was desperate to try and stop the abortion by pill that she had started the day before at the Planned Parenthood in the same city. So I got to set this up for you. This lady, this young mom went to Planned Parenthood on Tuesday of this week, and she went there to seek abortion by pill, chemical abortion. She went ahead and went through with that appointment. She took the first pill. She took home the other pill that she would need to be taking or, or the pills, depending on the way that they had it set up for her. But she was almost immediately remorseful. We hear this happen often. And she called the Planned Parenthood back and said, what can I do to stop this abortion? I don't want to continue this abortion. And Planned Parenthood, as they often do, completely flat out lied to this young mother and told her there was nothing she could do that she needed to just go ahead and continue the abortion pill process. Well, desperate to find some hope, some answers, she actually decided that she would go to the private abortion facility in the same city, hoping that they might give her an ultrasound or that they might give her some hope. Even in her in her despair, in her, her being distraught and wanting to stop this abortion, she was reaching out to another abortion facility because she didn't know what to do. She drove up to that private abortion facility on Wednesday. And thanks be to God, our sidewalk advocates were there to intercept her. And as she rolled down her window and they began to talk, they were able to understand that she was desperately trying to stop an abortion procedure that had started the day before and were, were prepared, trained and ready with the resources to let her know that they could send her right over to the pregnancy center that they could do an ultrasound and that they could start the abortion pill reversal process by adding progesterone back to her body. And so that sidewalk advocate followed her over to that pregnancy center. They were able to make that great connection and that great handoff to the pregnancy center. The pregnancy center was able to do an ultrasound and see a seemingly healthy baby, get the progesterone script written. The progesterone was picked up at the pharmacy and this young mom was able to take that progesterone right away. This is what happens when we have well-trained, well-resourced sidewalk advocates outside of abortion facilities that are ready and able to intercept moms who are desperate for hope. What an incredible story. And we'll continue to, to follow this story. These sidewalk advocates are connected with this mom and are just so grateful to be able to be there for her and to help her in her moment of need. But this can happen everywhere and it is happening everywhere. But I just want to thank, again, Heartbeat International and all of those who are part of the Abortion Pill Rescue Network and the incredible results that are happening. Now over 4,500 babies that have survived abortion by pill after a reversal has started by adding progesterone back. Incredible, incredible story, again, out of the great state of California again this week. 
So good. So, so good. Um, I couldn't have said that any better. I, I don't even think I have anything to add. I'm just standing in awe of what God has so done. And what a victory. I even shared that with some of our ministry partners this week. Uh, we've actually now, by God's grace, been a part of several abortion pill reversal cases. And in some cases, seen victory, the baby's okay. And in other cases, it didn't go the way that we wanted it to. But I know it's very healing for a mom when she's given the opportunity to try to reverse that process and save the life of her child. So thanks to our Reading team. Thanks to you, Nate. So exciting what's going on on sidewalks across America as we seek to be the hands and feet of Christ. So thank you. Thank Sorry. you. All right. I've got the tip this week. And here's my tip. Don't let anyone steal your peace. Mm. Do you believe that as a Christian, as a child of God, that you have the ability to receive God's peace and to hold on to that, even in the midst of a storm? And we see storms on the sidewalk. We actually, actually see lots of them. You can't go to the modern day foot of the cross and not see things play out in front of your eyes that manifest the spiritual battle. You know, I tell people that in over 20 years on the sidewalk, um, it, it, I'm, I still marvel at what plays out sometimes before my eyes. Yes, largely it's peaceful. That actually shocks people that largely, you know, it's just about going to the sidewalk and handing out loving life affirming alternatives. But you sometimes have aggressive abortion center escorts, these folks, volunteers usually that are trained by the abortion facility to surround a car, to surround a woman, engage her in conversation so she doesn't have a chance to hear about help, hope, options and resources from you. Sometimes these people bring out cowbells and they bang these things near your ear. Or they're dancing uh, in the driveway or they're trying to get between you and the client and prevent information from getting in her hands. I mean, so much for choice, right? Other times you see fights break out in the parking lot. You know, I did a training for Southwest Florida this past weekend. And one of the stories that I mentioned was reaching out to a 16 year old gal in front of a Dallas facility a handful of years ago. And she literally had one foot on the sidewalk and one foot on the abortion center property. And I watched as I was talking to her, her rocking back and forth, just back and forth as if to, you know, manifest again the spiritual battle that was going on within her is really something to watch uh one more story i'll tell this comes from one of our program advisors in st louis coalition life one of our friends brad who has for a long time worked with that ministry he tells the story of, of being out in front of this uh this huge abortion facility this mega facility um that used to do lots of abortions in st louis prior to the dobbs decision and actually uh really in effect shut down before Dobbs. But anyways, Brad was out there on the sidewalk one day <clears throat> and this guy drives by and he gives Brad the finger, you know, tells him he's number one or something like that. And Brad looks at him, he goes, that's right, brother. God is number one. You just pointed straight up to heaven, brother. And he's clapping, he's smiling, you know, my modern day Santa Claus, Brad on the sidewalk. And the guy went ahead and decided to come back around and he flicks Brad off and he tells him he's number one. And Brad looks at him. He's like, that's right, brother. God is number one. You just pointed straight up to heaven, brother. I mean, this guy was so mad. He made another loop and he tried again. And then finally, this guy was so mad that he couldn't get Brad's goat that he parks the car. He gets out of the car. He goes and stands in front of Brad and with both hands flicks Brad off. And he looks at him and he says, man, I am flicking you off. And Brad goes, 
That's right, brother. God is number one. You just pointed straight up to heaven, brother. I hope you have a great day. And he, Brad said he was so red-faced. He was so angry that he could not get Brad's goat that he got in the car and he drove off. And Brad is an incredible example of what it means to not allow somebody else or our circumstances or the storm to determine our peace. Christ is our anchor in the midst of the storm. He is our calm in the midst of the storm. So whatever it is that you are experiencing today, I don't know what issue is before you. I don't know what you've recently experienced on the sidewalk. Um, I don't know, you know what's going on in your personal life. But what I will tell you is that we as believers have resurrection power within us. And we have the, the ability, even in the midst of the turmoil and the tumultu tumultu tumultuous, <laughs> the turmoil, to stand there in faith and in peace and to receive um, from God what's needed to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, right? That's what Philippians tells us, that we, by prayer and petition, we put all of our requests before God, and then in exchange, he will give us that peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I just want to encourage you to receive that today, to know that that's available to you as a believer, and you know, to know that God is always working. He's always working behind the scenes. When you are in front of an abortion facility and you see nothing happening, abortion workers tell us that's when a lot is actually happening in the hearts and minds of those who service the abortion facility or who work in the industry. Can we stand in faith, whether it be on the sidewalk or in our personal lives, that God is moving in a powerful way? And that at one point, if we do not give up, we will see the harvest from our prayers and from what we're sowing currently. So that's my blessing on you today. Keep going. Don't give up. Stand in faith. And I'm believing with you today that you are going to see a resolution to whatever storm you're facing today. So good. That was great. That was almost a tip and a scripture reflection all in one. That was great. <laughs> so you're devotional. There you go, Nate. <laughs> so good. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time for our special interview. I was ready to kick back and drink more coffee. And I'm like, oh, I got to introduce the next segment. All right. Here we go. So this lady is no less deserving of a drum roll. So producer, can we do a drum roll? There we go. We have with us Tina Espenshai, Director of Pro-Life Programs at the Leadership Institute. There's her lovely face coming to us straight from Ohio. Good morning, Dina, how are you? Good morning, I am doing fabulous. How are you all today? Good, now rumor has it you are not a morning person, but uh, thank you for being with us. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed all the shenanigans this morning and it's pepped you up just a little bit, but. It is, it has been the most entertaining pro-life morning show I have ever watched, yes. <laughs> and maybe the only one, which still makes us your favorite. So, uh, but just keeping track. Anyways, okay. Go ahead and tell our audience uh, a little bit about you, the work of the Leadership Institute, especially in the pro-life battle, because this, this position that you've taken on is new. And I'm so excited about the work that you're doing. You know, you and I are now running into each other at a whole bunch of different events. You yeah. are all over the country. I'm typically all over the country. It's not lost on me how much incredible work you're doing. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been a crazy ride and just a... Lauren, I've run into you so much. I think I've seen you more often than I've seen my own apartment this year, which is saying something. Um, so I'm Dina Espenscheid. I'm a normal average girl from Northern Kentucky, um, got a biology degree and a speech communications degree and had a call put on my life to 
go to Washington, D.C., get pro-life judges on the Supreme Court and overturn Roe versus Wade. You guys have not ever heard this story. I have never shared this story publicly. Oh, no, it's not the entire world here. Anyway, I got that while I was praying deep in prayer on the night of the uh, 2000 election. And um, I followed it. And every time that I, I did something that led me down that path, things worked out. And weirdly enough, things that were, led me down that path was after college, instead of going to Washington, D.C., I went out to South Dakota. And I worked for a group called the National Absence Clearinghouse, which had a sister pregnancy care center, the Alpha Center. And one day my boss walked into the office and said, hey, I need you to pick, I need you to go to Pure South Dakota with me. That's our state capital. We're going to go up to a meeting and we have to be there. I said, great. She goes, pick me up at 3 a.m. Yes, let's do this. Um, and so I ended up going up to Pier and we stayed for five days. And by the time we were, and we didn't pack anything, we just stayed for five days and shopped our way through the Pier Mall. Um, and by the time we came back, I was a lobbyist. I never thought I was going to be a lobbyist. I didn't even think when I was graduating college, I was going to be a white paper policy walk on family issues. But now I'm a lobbyist and I started working on helping pass laws. And then in my free time, when the legislature wasn't in, when I was still working for the Absence Clearinghouse and the Alpha Center, I would go out and knock on doors because I took this training by this group called the Leadership Institute, which was about how to win elections. And what they said was door knocking and phone calling make the difference in elections. And so I started knocking on doors for the candidates that I cared about. My first campaign that I went out door knocking for, my candidate won by six votes. And um, it was really funny because I was up in Pier lobbying him. And um, every time I wanted something, he gave it to me. And I asked his wife, like, what's going on? Because she just adored me. And she goes, you're his only volunteer. If we didn't have you, we wouldn't have won. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Door knocking really does make a difference. And, and it wow. makes an impact in the end. It was the difference between having a pro-life legislator, Manny Steele, or somebody who wasn't pro-life. And so it was really an impactful moment where I was like, okay, this politics thing, we've got to keep up with that. Well, yeah. 2006 comes along. We passed an abortion ban in South Dakota in 2006. We got it signed by the governor. And this would have outlawed 100% of all abortions, um, except, you know, life of the mother, because moms always, abortion is never medically necessary to save the life of a mother, but people need to think that that is an option because mothers' lives need to be protected. So anyway, we pass this abortion ban and then Planned Parenthood comes in and starts collecting signatures to send it to a vote of the people as a referred law. And as a young person, I was like, let's go out and disrupt them. Let's protest them. Let's tell people what they're actually doing. And everyone who was senior to me was like, no, no, no. People of South Dakota are pro-life. They're smart. We're statesmen. We don't do stuff like that. They'll never collect the signatures. They collected 45,000 signatures in like six weeks time. Our supporters were signing the petition because the messaging was sign the petition to have your voice heard. And our own pro-life supporters are saying, I want to vote on this so that when I go to heaven, I could say, I signed the petition and I put, I put my name on the line. I voted for it. And we're like, but we already won. Hmm. It was just so disheartening. And then we went into the campaign. And on the first day of the campaign, I left the Absence Clearinghouse and the Alpha Center, took a leave of absence from them, went to work on the campaign. And the first day of the campaign, we looked around the room and they said, who has campaign experience? And I raised my hand because I've been a doorknock volunteer. 
And everybody turned to me and was like, well, how do we get started? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one here that's actually done anything political. Wow. And that really did change the course of my professional career. Wow. Um, because it, it, I figured out we need to start winning elections. We've got to win these elections. We did lose that one, by the way, 54 to 45. I put everything into it. The staff put everything into it. Um, days after the election, people were coming up to us crying. People who would refuse to go door knocking and, and phone calling because, oh, we're praying for you. That's enough. That's what God called me to do. They would come up to us and say, I wish we had done more. And my only response, and it's not the most compassionate response, was, yeah, me too. Not, I wish I had done more. I had given it my all. It's, I wish you had done more. Because truly, door knocking and phone calling make the difference. We have to deliver the message to the voters because the media is not going to do it for us. And we can't outspend the other side. Anyway, fast forward, I spent the next 15 years or so working on political campaigns or marketing organizations across the country. My last political campaign was Donald J. Trump for president in 2015, 2016. The last thing I did for Donald Trump was I was sitting in the offices of Jones Day building list for the president's lawyer. And the lawyer looked at me and said, do you know what these are? And I said, no, by the way, this was at the foot of Capitol Hill in Washington, DC. Said these are the beginnings of judicial nominations and transition team. Ta-da! I went to Washington, D.C. We got judges on the Supreme Court, and then we overturned Roe versus Wade. Anyway, when the Trump campaign ended, um, I my when my job there ended, I um, applied and I got a job at the Leadership Institute to start training people on how to win elections. And I'd done that for seven and a half years. And last year, I needed some growth opportunity. And we saw that Dobbs was going to be decided in there was this opportunity to do special interest training. So I talked to my bosses about starting a coalitions division and they were like, yeah, we think you should start with the pro-life stuff. And I was like, okay, the very next day is when Dobbs dropped. And I was in Kansas city, Missouri with Marsha Middleton, who I'm going to see in a couple of days at her conference. And uh, I pulled out my phone to make the payment and take a picture of the receipt for breakfast. I go, oh, Dobbs dropped. We won. And she goes, oh, okay. And we just stared at each other. And I was like, well, I, I guess I've got to get to work. She goes, yeah, me too. I've got to write a press conference, a press release or something. And we hugged and we left. And everybody else went out and celebrated. And that's my job story. I sat down and started writing press releases, not press releases, emails, about how now every election is going to have a pro-life focus. We have to get our candidates and everybody talking about pro-life in a way that is conducive to victory. What I didn't realize at the time was that they were going to do all these amendments, um, which has definitely kept me busy this year, fighting off these radical pro-abortion amendments that are just so awful. So Leadership Institute's a 501c3 nonpartisan nonprofit, by the way. We've been around since 1979. We've trained over 273,000 people in how to win their elections or their public policy fights. We have over 1,500 classes a year you can find out more about us at leadershipinstitute.org. And if you want just the pro-life trainings, those are leadershipinstitute.org slash pro-life. But they are on so many different topics. We teach you how to win no matter what your topic is, no matter what your fight is. If you need a new school board, we'll teach you how to do that. If you need new legislators, we'll teach you how to do that. If you want to win one of these amendment fights, we'll teach you how to do that. 
Wow, beautiful. It's just so powerful. I mean, your story is so rich and so powerful. I, I'm just so grateful to know you, for, for you to be a friend of, of mine. And, you know, we've talked about the Ohio vote, right? Um, Lauren mm -hmm. mentioned at the top. We, we kind of talked a little bit back and forth on that. It's huge. It's a really big deal. I think it's the, the seventh or eighth ballot initiative statewide since Dobbs. And I think we've lost all of them. So mm -hmm. what what are you you know really focused on and what are you telling people and what should we be telling people about Ohio and how to make this you know a victory here but also understanding that it really could be legalizing abortion to the point of delivery in Ohio. Absolutely. Well, one of the big things is is when you're communicating when you're persuading you have to talk in a way that your audience understands. When I was in pro-life ministry in the early 2000s, we talked a lot about the babies and the humanity and the sacredness of human life. But unfortunately, the vast majority of voters don't understand the sacred message. Um, there is a study that was done. It's in a book called The Righteous Mind. It's by Jonathan Haidt. And he looked very long-term with hundreds of thousands of responses to a questionnaire on what types of messages persuade people. And he found that conservatives, moderates, and liberals are persuaded by messages about caring, fairness, and liberty. They are not persuaded by sanctity messages, loyalty messages, or authority messages. So like Blue Lives Matter, sorry, conservatives are persuaded by all of them. The, the moderates and the liberals are not persuaded by things like Blue Lives Matter. They are not persuaded by All Lives Matter because that's a sanctity message, an authority message. What they want to hear is a caring message. And what is Planned Parenthood's slogan? Caring no matter what, right? We need to show and share stories about how Planned Parenthood is not caring. In Ohio right now, there's an amazing commercial. It was done by um, Created Equal, and it is of a one of the abortion survivors. And she talks about how they say that late-term abortion doesn't happen, but my sister died during a late-term abortion. And I barely survived. And then they show pictures of her and she talks about the abortion procedure and how she was injured by it. And now she's a healthy adult living a whole life. And it's one of these amazing things where it strips away from the abortionist side that caring because clearly the abortionist didn't care for her as a baby who was viable and able to live. Um, the fairness messages talking about how women want to no woman wants to abort we know this from our sidewalk work women say i don't want to do this but i can't afford it i'm being pressured into it he he said he'd leave me if i don't all these things that's not fair and so when we talk about how how men are pressuring and coercing women into aborting babies that the women want that makes a big difference if you're going to be talking about a story around the Thanksgiving table, bring up the Britney Spears autobiography. Oh my gosh, the passage in there about her abortion experience and Justin Timberlake is just so powerful. She was absolutely coerced into it and it was the worst pain of her entire life. It still haunts 20 years later. Um, and then if you talk about the Liberty messages about how women's right to parent is being stolen. Um, in Ohio, I'm going to pull out this. This is one of the sheets that I'm passing out as I go door to door. This is the actual language that they're trying to put into the, um, the state constitution. 
not just the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. And then you can see all the markup is what the lawyers will say about this. And so I've just been going around door to door. So instead of starting off with God loves babies, I start off with, hey, I'm just giving you this information so you can actually read the language. Because everybody's saying, look at the language, but nobody's giving it to you. So I want to give this to you. Wow. And then I talk to them that they use the word individual. And then I say something like this. Individual under Ohio law means everybody from a newborn baby to death. And when they don't want it to include minors, they say excluding minors. You can see here the writers of this didn't exclude minors. So that means every individual, including children, will have the right to carry out reproductive decisions without the burden of parental consent. And you just wow. see light bulbs going on. So the good news is people are persuadable because once they realize how broad this thing is, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. Yeah. And Florida's got one coming up. In the Florida one and the Ohio one, the language on viability is very much the same. And I pointed out down here, well, look what viability means. It means that the, there is a significant likelihood of survival outside the uterus with reasonable measures as decided by the abortionist. So the abortionist could say that if the baby needs an incubator, oxygen and a feeding tube, that's unreasonable because that's expensive. So wow. then he could do an abortion on a baby that's 37 weeks long. Do you think that's right? And they go, no, I don't want that. I'm like, Shouldn't we have somebody other than the abortionist deciding what viability is? Yeah, like, this is just too broad. Yeah. And then you're like, but I want women to be able to choose. You're right. They're not right. But this is me <laughs> and Nora, right? You're right. But we can always go back and amend the laws. We can't amend this. This becomes people's right. Yeah. There's other things that are even worse. So, I mean, I'm just touching on yeah, you can go. This is so good, Dina. Like, I. I, I think what I heard in what you were doing was empowerment. You know, you're literally going around to people and saying, let me actually show you what this means and trusting in the natural law and common sense to work for you. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, minor children should not be able to go and make a life altering decision without their parents' knowledge. Right. Yes. Oh. It's, <laughs> it's worse. Section two right here that I'm pointing to gives other adults the right to educate and help your child make those reproductive decisions without you being involved. Unbelievable. And then um, I say, and then because it all goes back to stories, whenever possible, share a story. I say, my nephew is seven years old. What if the girls ask him to play Ken one day? Do you realize this means that the school counselor could walk by and say, hey, you like playing with dolls. You might be a girl. Would you like to play dress up today? I've got a closet full of dresses. And it's her constitutional right to have that closet. The school can't tell her not to have the closet. They can't tell her not to do it to other children. They can't fire her. We can't sue her. And she can't be prevented from being promoted. And the people wow. go, what? I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's her constitutional right in the Bill of Rights. Yeah. Up there with, wow. with, with freedom of speech. So and you just watch people's eyes go, oh, my gosh. Right. Because right. it is so terrible the way they wrote this. Unbelievable. Well, here in closing, Dina, let me ask you this. What is your top tip for changing culture? Which, again, there's such a, a, a intrinsic relationship between law and culture. We change culture. We have hope to change law. We have hope to make abortion unthinkable. What is your top tip for people 
changing hearts and minds in their backyard. And then leave us with, with where people can reach you if they want to do one of these trainings or, you know, partake of more of your wisdom. Absolutely. I keep telling everybody we're we're all pieces of a puzzle. So you have to do your part. Yeah. I think my top tip is this. When I was growing up, I was always told you don't talk about politics, religion, abortion or money in public. We've got to stop that. Yeah. We've got to start exposing the dangers and the horrors of abortion. So find some way to slide it into casual conversation like, um, you know, oh, oh, so and so is on drugs. I wonder if she had an abortion. Mm. Mm. you know, or, or, um, um, uh, so, you know, somebody's depressed or their relationship is on the rocks. Like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder if they lost a child, you know, to miscarriage or abortion. Cause that's a lot of times what causes that type of thing and just start exposing how abortion hurts women, hurts families. Notice I didn't even say hurts babies, hurts women and hurts families because when that's voters right. go to vote, they care about the person they can touch, the person that they can hug. And if you're mm -hmm. going to talk about abortion, do it like, I mean, can you imagine sitting around the table with the, they're cutting the turkey and you're like, oh yeah, that looks like a dismemberment abortion when they just reach up and they pull off a leg. <laughs> Might be a more winsome way to bring it up, but you know, hey, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Right here in this room, I'm going to do it this year to my aunts and uncles. It'll be great. Yes. Oh I want a video of that. If you do that, you need to have a hidden video camera. <laughs> yeah, really. Undercover oh, at the yeah. dinner table this year, talking <laughs> talking politics as they put it, even though oh, this is yeah. right this year, right? So yeah, right. Um, and then the last thing is um, leadershipinstitute.org. So leadershipinstitute.org is our website. Um, you'll see we we've got the Riley Gaines Center for Activism, which is fighting for women's rights in the locker room and sports and bringing back true femininity. We've got um, a division that is just working with school boards. We've got groups that are working with politics. If you need a job in, con in conservative, if you've got a job posting or if you're looking for a job, a career change, we've got conservativejobs.com, which is a, um, a conservative job posting site. We also have career services, free resume reviews, free career consultations, and then we help match people with jobs. And then we also have conservative jobs, or I'm sorry, um, Campus Reform, which is our online newspaper. They are doing so much right now to expose like the Palestinian bias on campus and also the pro-abortion bias on campus and the pro-abortion violence on campus. You can find a lot of stories about that there, which is another way to bring it up. Oh, you're going away to college? Oh, I want you to be careful of those pro-abortion people. Yeah, they're really nasty. You should have seen them actually punch out one of the guys last week. Like, just keep exposing who they are and what they are. We've also got an entire division that works with um, college kids to, to start college um, groups on campus. We don't have leadership institute groups. We start TPUSAs and Students for Life and Network of Enlightened Women. We help them grow their own groups. So we... We've been around again for 45 years now, 44 years. We're just here to help the conservative movement grow. And if you all need anything from me, if you want a specialized training in your community, that's what I do. I go out to your communities and train your, your donors, your supporters, your activists on how to be better at your political activism. So good. So good. So good. Thank you. Dina, you're a shining a star. You're just yeah. a shining star. It's been such a I'm joy to get a normal you. person. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's the ordinary that God 
takes and makes extraordinary, right? And so, yeah. you know, the Lord bless your your work there in Ohio. As we close out in prayer today, a little bit later in the show, we definitely will continue praying over this and the work of your hands, the work of the Leadership Institute, and all of our colleagues right now that are on the ground in Ohio, praying and working so hard to protect life in Ohio. So thank you for spending your precious vacation there. And I guess you're in Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati. I'm in Cincinnati. I'm at my parents' house. So it's not the worst place to vacation. I guess <laughs> The bed's comfortable. Oh, there you go. So good. Well, thank you for everything that you do. And uh, we are keeping vigil for you, for us, you. for the movement onward and upward, right? Absolutely. So, all right. Thank you, Dina. Bye. Wonderful. Thanks for being with us. So good. So good. It's, oh. always, it's always a pleasure. Um, you know, Dina's just so full of great, you know, information and, and just such an incredible presence and yeah. just staying very positive as we continue the battle. So, Great, great stuff today. So, all right. Great. Well, we're going to go ahead and have a um, quick scripture reflection. I know Lauren kind of put that into her tip, but I'm going to give us one more and then we're going to um, close out with prayer. So, I wanted to bring you today Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, which says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, we've kind of been talking about staying the course today. We've been talking about, you know, not letting anybody take your peace. We've been talking about what's going on in Ohio. I just want to encourage you today. You have the power, the ability with God's help to stay the course, to stay focused, to continue running even when you feel the pressures of life and situations that are around you. So I want to encourage you with Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 today. Hebrews is such an incredible book of the Bible. Read chapter 12 today if you have time. Go ahead and read the whole book if you can set some time aside. It's so rich. And just the reality that we need to remember and understand that Jesus was committed to humanity and to the salvation of humanity. He endured the cross. He didn't, he didn't, like he despised the shame. He, he didn't care. He went forward to make sure that he could secure our place with him. And that we, as we stand here today, surrounded by such a great cloud of, of the witnesses that have gone on to heaven already, we have the ability to stay the course, to stay focused, to continue running, to run the, the race that God has set before us so that we can also see those great victories each and every day and know that ultimately we win. Ultimately, we, we win. We know the end of the story. So again, I just want to encourage you with Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 today. And we just I just want to say, too, how blessed we are by each and every one of you. How incredibly blessed we are that you have said yes to God in whatever capacity it is to be a part of this great pro-love, pro-life movement as we continue to change hearts and minds all across America. And with that, this morning, if you would pray with me, and then we'll get ready to end the show. Dear Lord, thank you again for such an incredible time this morning, incredible show, as we talk about such important issues around the issue um, and the cause of life in our culture. God, we pray that you would continue to bless Dina and the Leadership Institute. God, we pray for the state of Ohio. We pray for every voter in the state of Ohio right now who has not cast a vote yet, that they would understand the dangers of issue one and that they would vote no. God, I pray that there would be a resounding no on Tuesday night out of Ohio, 
that we would see this victory where this amendment is voted down and it would not be added into the Ohio State Constitution. God, we pray for all the efforts of those who are door knocking and phone calling today, all of those who are involved in this fight in Ohio, and we pray that you give them the strength and the stamina through Tuesday as they continue to fight for this. God, we pray that you would continue to bless sidewalk advocates across America today and all those involved in the pregnancy help movement. God, we thank you for the now almost 21,500 moms and babies that we've been able to be a part of and in, in seeing their lives saved. God, we pray that you would continue to increase that number and that you would continue to wake up people in their hearts and their minds regarding the issue of life, because that truly is where abortion ends. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. What a great show. What a great show. Love the themes that emerge, the messages. Hope you all take that to heart and know that God is with you as you continue your great work in the culture and beyond. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. We will be here next week, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great one. See ya.